Welcome, everybody, to episode 81 of the Bomber Brothers podcast, part of Pinstripe Alley. Sean and Ryan here to talk some Yankee news. Still not too much going on in the Yankee front in terms of trades and free agency and things like that. Not not, not quite the NBA, where as soon as the uh, deadline reaches, the trades start coming in like crazy. It's moving a little more like molasses this winter across the league but there you know there are some things that have happened in terms of what the Yankees can do this offseason guys like Kevin Gaussman accepted their qualifying offer so that's a potential rotation arm the Yankees can't get and now I guess the recent big news that could potentially impact the Yankees Sean is Robinson Cano getting suspended once again for PEDs which not only alleviates the Mets of his salary this year, but also gives them a need at second base. So does that mean that the Mets and their new owner, who seems committed to spend big money, is going to go after DJ LeMahieu? I would think so. I mean, they, um, you know, Steve Cohen knocked the press conference out of the park for when he when he uh, had his introduction. Uh, I guess that was last week now. And he seems committed to winning. And, uh, you know, we've talked about it. I, I hope that gets the Yankees moving a little bit um, in terms of in terms of um, spending some money. And I think they're going to have to now because there's going to be a lot of players that both teams target. I mean, you know, the Yankees have a need on the infield and, and so do the Mets. So whether it be in trying to acquire Lindor or sign LeMayhew, they're going to be competing there and they're going to be competing for help in rotation and in the bullpen. So. Um, I definitely think we'll see uh, see the two going at it. Yeah, it definitely makes you hope that the Yankees kind of get this done with LeMahieu sooner than later because the longer he stays on the market, maybe the more the Mets try to entice him with a little more money. And if LeMahieu does like New York, maybe it won't matter as much to him whether he's with, with the Mets or the Yankees, especially if the Mets are – Looking up now with new ownership, they already have pieces there to build a a good competitive team, and it looks like they have an owner now that's committed to doing that. So this is – I personally love this. I like that um, the Mets have gotten an owner in Steve Cohen who seems like he's ready to treat the Mets like they are a big market team and and spend that money and try to, like you said in the press conference, win a World Series in the next three to five years because, I mean, that kind of gives the Yankees ownership no excuse but to also treat the market that way and then go for it and spend that money because I, I definitely don't think, well, I know that the Yankees aren't as motivated to spend big dollars like they used to under George Steinbrenner, but I also know that there's no way they would 
allow the Mets to kind of become the big brother persona that the Yankees are right now. So if it's going to build a competition where the Yankees are going to be in bidding wars against the Mets, then good. That'll motivate them to go all in for their best players. And I definitely like that idea that it might force the Yankees to do what a lot of us have wanted them to do for the past few years, which is to flex their strongest muscle, which is their wallets. Yeah. I mean, you'd like to see, um, see that those those ways return for the the capital that the Yankees have and um you know I I think it'll be interesting it'll be fun I mean we think back to the the mid-2000s the early 2000s where the Yankees and Red Sox were going after kind of blow for blow different players you know um we saw it with um I'm sorry we saw it with um uh what was the guy's name went Theo through the chair um he was not very – oh, Jose Contreras, right? The Jose Contreras, yeah. the Yankees and Red Sox were both after. And then the Red Sox answered by getting Kurt Schilling. The Yankees answered back by getting Randy Johnson. And uh, Not, know, not a that. great answer. <laughs> no, not, not, what you, not what you're looking for. But, um, you know, it's, um, it's definitely uh, more fun when you have two teams going back and forth. And, and with the Red Sox – kind of going the way of the Yankees and, and, and being a little more fiscally restrained, it might be fun to have a Yankee-Met rivalry because, I mean, honestly, the Yankees and Mets were both good in the late 90s, early 2000s, but, um, I, I, you know, you never felt like they were an actual threat. Um, so it would be fun now maybe to have a little bit of a different version. You kind of have the Rays down there doing their uh, voodoo and, um, and and their cost-cutting ways, but then you can have a big, big market team like the Yankees. Uh, I'm sorry, like the like the Mets pushing the Yankees a little bit on the on the other front. If the Steinbrenners decide to uh, to actually spend, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, what? Well, that's actually an interesting question, and what I think would be an unlikely one if if the Mets go the route that they're going to go. But what do you? Th- I mean, what would the reaction be if the Mets start? going on a spending spree that includes a signing like DJ LeMahieu and the Yankees pretty much stand pat at, you know, picking up Britain's option and maybe signing one back end of the rotation pitcher and say like, Oh, well look how good Domingo Herman looks in winter ball right now. We're getting him back and, um, you know, maybe add another, you know, infielder, I mean, what do you, what's the reaction going to be like then? Not good. Um, I mean, you know, Yankee fans are going to be upset, obviously, as they should. And I think Yankee fans are kind of upset with the way some things have gone. I mean, we had, um, you know, we had opportunities. We've been through this. And, and really, Cole's been the one big fish, aside from Stanton, that they've reeled in. And Stanton felt like a luxury, not a need. But they haven't addressed some of these needs. So if you see some of the players the Yankees need going to rivals, um, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, imagine if the if the Red, uh, the Mets signed uh, Trevor Bauer. Um, that'd be that'd be a disaster, uh, you know, or, or another good starting pitcher or, or a reliever. Or God forbid, Lemayhu. If the if the Mets got Lemayhu, it would be a disaster for the Yankees. Um, at that point, I think the Yankees would have to answer with a trade for Lindor. I don't think there'd be any um, any option left because the Yankees infield without Lemayhu is not good. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be very interesting to see how maybe 
for the first time in a long time, maybe the Yankees' motivations in the offseason are impacted somewhat by their uh, by their crosstown quote unquote rivals. I mean, they haven't even really been rivals for a long time, but this uh, this might change with with new ownership. It's definitely uh, just as a baseball fan in general, like you mentioned earlier, it was kind of refreshing just to hear Steve Cohen's press conference and say pretty much all the things you would want to hear, not just from your favorite team's ownership group, but any baseball team's ownership group and actually treating the the position like one that you hope they would is, you know, we own these teams because we want to see them win, not just we want to see them turn as much profit as possible. Yeah, I agree. It was it was nice to hear. And um, you know, we'll see if maybe that changes some thinking. I doubt it. I'm I'm not very hopeful, but there is a glimmer of hope that maybe um, things will go back mm-hmm. to a little bit more fun, a little bit more aggression in free agency. And, and, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, like you said, the Yankees and Mets, I really – when's the last time they were actually rivals? Like, 06, when the Mets brought up uh, Jose Ramirez and David Wright, and it was like the whole Jeter-A-Rod thing versus them too. But, I mean, that wasn't even that exciting. Yeah, I mean, that that was somewhat of a rivalry. I think you'd have to go back even further, potentially. But And then they're also in different leagues, so it's kind of hard to class it as – as a rivalry, I mean, you could say the last real rivalry was 2000 because that's the last time they played when there was, you know, major, major stakes going on. Right. That's fair. Yeah. Well, hopefully this turns into a rivalry off the field. I'd love to see these two teams get into some bidding wars for some top-notch players that could send either franchise toward toward a World Series. And if it's signings that the Yankees weren't going to do, if they weren't pressured by uh, another team in their own city, if that's uh, if that's what it takes to make it happen, then I think Steve Cohen becoming the Mets owner is actually a really good thing for the Yankees. I agree. All right. So, uh, what else we got? I know it's been I know it's been a little while, but now as we both record here in Bridgewater, New Jersey, right down the street from TD Bank Park, what are your uh, what are your reactions to the Yankees announcing that their new Double A affiliate is the Somerset Patriots, right right down the street? I mean, I'm you know living in Bridgewater, which is the town that this ballpark is in, across from the Target. Like, so you just think about going to Target in your town, and that's where the minor league team plays i'm super excited about it um definitely an opportunity to see a lot of young exciting players i already can't wait for jason dominguez to hit a couple homers onto the railroad tracks <laughs> um but um I, I mean aside from that you take a step back and you look at the the relocation and i was watching the press conference and the, and the mayor of bridgewater said you know the town really needs this with the, the coronavirus and everything like that. And I mean, it, yeah, of course, every area has been hit hard financially by COVID. But um, I, I'm, you know, just being from Bridgewater, it's a pretty affluent area. Um, I don't think people are hurting here as, as, as badly as maybe people in Trenton, people um, on Staten Island. So it did, I do feel for the communities that lost these teams that they were a source of income and everything like that. Um, so I'm not sure how badly Bridgewater needed a team, but I think if you take that part out of it, it makes sense for the Yankees because uh, Bridgewater is about what 45 minutes closer to the stadium than Trenton. 
it is a nicer field. It's, it's one of, one of the nicer minor league, uh, fields in, um, in New Jersey or Pennsylvania. And, um, it, it offers a straight shot to the stadium. And I, I think they'll be able to attract a lot of talent too, uh, in terms of support staff here. So I'm pretty excited about it. They already have ties to the Yankees, the Somerset Patriots. Sparky Lyle was the coach, uh, for a long time. I think we got his autograph when we were in Little League and were able to take the field before the national anthem. Oh yeah. So, you know, it's it'll 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 I mean it's something I'm definitely excited about uh to be able to see the players uh up close like as far as like a personal thing goes. Um and you know, not only just watching the young players that you're excited about and and we still we keep hearing about these arms that the Yankees have in the system that are going to come through. So we'll get to watch those a little bit more closely, literally like four turns away from my house, but, um, also excited, you know, when guys go on rehab, it's easier to, to take a, take a quick trip over to see them. And, you know, I, I know like down South Jersey, like Trenton, that is like kind of split between Yankee and Philly, uh, territory, but up here is much bigger Yankee presence. So I'm sure the Yankee, uh, the Yankee contingent will show up and support, um, support, support the team. Yeah, I mean, and the Patriots, the Somerset Patriots of previously the Atlantic League already had a pretty faithful following. They were always among the best in the Atlantic League in terms of attendance. And the Yankee, and uh, yeah, the Yankees seemed like part of their motivation was because they wanted to have some nicer facilities, and they thought that this would be an upgrade and. I you know I've obviously never seen the facilities but having covered the New Britain Bees last year and talking to them about their facilities they all I mean all of them said that it it was the Patriots that had the best in in their league which is the Atlantic League and you know that's the top independent league in in the country probably so I'm sure that the facilities are nice we I mean we know that the stadium is really nice and that the field's really nice so you have that with already an established fan base that's definitely about to grow exponentially once you start bringing guys like Jason Dominguez into uh, into that park. So, yeah, it's it's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be exciting, especially you know with with you living right down the street from it. But like you said, you still definitely feel for uh, fans and and Trenton and, and that uh, that organization in Trenton because if you uh, if you saw the. Uh, owners talking about it they were not happy about it they felt like that they were uh, kind of left in in the dust so that's it definitely makes you makes you feel for them and seems like you know maybe it could have been handled a bit differently yeah i agree but there were like conflicting things with that they were trying to stop it they were trying to negotiate so how can you be trying to stop and negotiate with something you don't know is happening so yeah i think um you know i Either way, it's, it's it's a bad look, you know, for the Yankees to leave a community. But if it is what's best for them, a lot of times that that's just what they have to do for their minor league team. And with the contraction in the minor leagues, um, I, I think a lot of people expected a lot of changes that would come from that. So, um, you know, unfortunately, we can't say it's you know anything overly surprising. But um, you know, we'll um, we'll be excited to watch the Yankees play a little bit closer to home. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, I actually, we did not touch on this before we moved on, but I want to revisit it real quick in terms of Cano. It's kind of uh, interesting to think about now as he's about to lose another year of what would have been the final year of his 
deal, like potential seven-year deal with the Yankees that he eventually took with uh, with the Mariners. But has it has it become a good cho- has it become a good choice that the Yankees didn't bring back Cano even even after the uh, continuous black holes at second base in the years following Cano's departure. I guess you could probably say leading up to like Glaber Torres. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I think it was a. I I, I think I think if the Yankees don't sign Jacoby Ellsbury with that money, the deal looks a heck of a lot better to let him walk. Um, you know, I've never been a huge Cano guy. Um, did a, did a great job while he was here, but I just never warmed up to him. I don't know why, but regardless, um, he, he did a tremendous job as a Yankee. Had you know, I think 2012 he had the second highest WAR of any player in the league behind Mike Trout. Um, had some some great years but when you have a middle infielder that's aging giving them that kind of long-term deal uh you know when they'll be pushing 40 is is kind of scary and um with the ped thing it just adds a whole nother layer to it this is now the, the second time obviously he's tested positive um and i i think i think the yankees made the right deal because i mean if you think about it if they went out and got torres uh, I, I mean, who knows how different different history is, but I don't think Cano separates them and gives them a championship in any of the years they realistically had a shot. I don't think he changes the 2015 season all that much. I don't think he, and you know, I don't I don't think he changes um, pretty much any of the the years of the the latest run we've had because aside from 2017, they've had Gleyber Torres playing second base, and I would say at this point, their Gleyber Torres is a much better player. Yeah, well, I guess the one I would say is 20, 2017. I mean, if you plug Cano in instead of Starling Castro, that could get the Yankees a World Series, I think. Yeah, it'll be close. I think the Yankees need another starting pitcher more than anything that year. But Yeah, I, um, yeah, I agree. But I also, you know, Cano definitely yeah, could have been a difference in games one or two in those. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I uh, but I I agree. I mean, I you know, with obviously this latest news in which he's going to miss all of this year, and it's uh, it's tough to say that bringing him back would have been the right move. I definitely think that their alternative move was wrong in every oh, yeah. in every sense of the word. So that definitely clouds this. But I know it's uh, it's definitely a bummer for me. I mean, Cano's one of my favorite players. I loved watching him play. So it sucks to see this. Again, I think the first time I saw it, it was, uh, you know, I, I didn't really let it affect my viewing of him too much just because it's happened to so many other people. But I don't know now that it's now that it's happened again. And I, I don't know if this is right or wrong, but I feel like I've also started to see PED use differently in today's players than i did when you know news came out about like that got people in the mitchell report and around that era just because it was such a rampant part of baseball where all the way up to the commissioner people were blatantly looking the other way and it was just almost a part of the game and you know guys like bonds and clemens are people that i think should be no doubt hall of famers I definitely think Cano's a Hall of Fame player without the PEDs. It's a shame that he used them, but for whatever reason, I think I think Mark Carrig touched on this as well on Twitter yesterday when the news broke, but for whatever reason I find myself kind of 
being a harsher judge in terms of those kind of things for modern players that are testing positive just because it doesn't seem like it's you know, I was such a rampant part of the game like it was in, in the steroid era of Maguire and Sosa. Yeah, I think it's completely different now because there's testing. It's obviously um, something you will get disciplined for, unlike back in the late 90s, early 2000s, before the Mitchell report. Um, and, and players now speak out against it. I think back in the in the um, 90s and early 2000s, it was pretty much accepted and expected. Um, and now... Probably not so much, um, but you know, I, I I I find it interesting that Cano tested positive for a second time, and from what I was reading, that's a pretty detectable substance he was using. So I'm not sure. Uh, I know T.J. Quinn said there's definitely got to be a story behind this, but um, you know, we'll see what uh, we'll see what comes of it. It's uh, it's unfortunate because he um, he really had a, a nice career. And it, it's a shame to see him um, kind of fall like this. I think even as um, e- even with the first test, he was still you know a respected veteran for the Mets, um, but you know not as not as much anymore. I would assume, uh, depending on how things go. And I mean, look, we honestly don't know how widespread this is throughout the game. Still, I mean, we, they could be beating tests. They could be ahead of that, but. Um, just judging by the reaction from players when guys test positive, I would say it's probably not as prevalent as it used to be, uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And definitely, definitely bummed to hear the news, because like you said, Cano's had a really nice career, a Hall of Fame career. He was on his way to becoming one of the best second basemen in baseball history by the time he signed with the Mariners, and again, was probably my you know one of my favorite Yankees to watch other than other than Jeter having that middle infield was definitely one of the more enjoyable parts for me as as a Yankee fan but so it's definitely 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 um is unfortunate to see his career take this uh this downward path and he had he had been on such a, a renaissance at the beginning of last season with the Mets he was back he, had, he was holding an OPS over a thousand for the first couple months there of the season and you and every you know everyone was saying like oh here's the uh the Mets are finally getting a chance to see the real Robinson Cano that they traded for but now that trade just looks uh pretty bad uh yeah even if they got a an old but still productive Cano yeah it was the prospects they gave up was pretty bad and the contract they took on at that point not good no and Um, Diaz's performance oh yeah terrible so yeah, I don't think Robinson Cano will be going to the Hall of Fame, but uh, no. there are a lot of players up for the Hall of Fame uh, this round. Nick Swisher. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely, definitely going to make it. Nick Swisher's on the ballot. I mean, you could tell how excited he was just to be on the ballot. He will not be on there long, I, I would imagine, but a uh, cool moment for him to be on the ballot. But, yeah, we've uh, it's about to be Hall of Fame season, a season I'm not a huge fan of where we just – you know, debate the uh, careers of players long over, and I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. Just not my it's, thing. It, it's fun to look back on some players. Like it's wild that now everybody that's on the ballot. I'm like, I distinctly can remember pretty much one thing about all of these guys. Like, yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's crazy to think about. I mean, even like five years ago, there were some guys that were still like hanging around. That I'm like, I don't really know these players, but. Um, 
Who's on the uh, the the veterans committee ballot this year? Do we know that? I'm not sure. But I know I know for the current Hall of Fame ballot, we've got former Yankee legends like Andrew Jones, Nick Swisher, um, Bobby Abreu. Uh, who else? I mean, Clemens obviously is still on there. Yeah, Latroy Hawkins. Latroy, <laughs> there's some yeah Sheffield. There's some uh, there's some names on here. AJ Burnett. You get to pick ten guys, right? Yeah. Who are you voting for? Are you voting for any any of the first timers? Get your vote. Probably not. Mark I, Burley, no. AJ Burnett, no. Michael Kadire, no. Dan Harron, no. Latroy Hawkins, no. Tim Hudson, no. Tory Hunter. It's probably the closest one. Aramis Ramirez, no. Nick Swisher, no. Shane Victorino, probably close, but no. Barry Zito, no. I would probably say that my 10 would be Bonds, Clemens, um, Andrew Jones, Jeff Kent. I can't believe I didn't even mention Andy Pettit, but yeah, he's on there too. Um, you'd vote for him? No, no. But I just, I just wanted. To, we were mentioning Yankees that are on the ballot. Um, I would vote for Wagner. I would vote for Sosa. I would vote for Sheffield. Man, I mean that's seven names. It's tough. It's tough for me to even I, come I up would, with ten on this I ballot. I was gonna say I wouldn't. I wouldn't get to ten. No, I don't think I would either. And then I guess to push it is when I would start putting on the Heltons and the Abreus. Um, yeah, to get to nine, but yeah, no, it's uh, it would it would be tough. I don't think I would. I don't think I would get to ten. Which I, which makes me hope that this is the year that I mean, it's not going to be just because it hasn't been trending enough in that direction. But like that, guys like Bonds and Clemens get in this year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible for sure. I think Schilling's going to get in this year. Yeah. Kind of, kind of stinks because yeah, because then now then 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 what's the excuse? If Schilling's in, I don't care if it's a steroids or no steroids thing. Just in terms of a character thing, if if, yeah. if you're saying steroids is an indictment on on character, and if you're saying that everyone else in the league was doing it, so it's not like I don't know. I just I feel like I feel like people that. Don't vote for steroid users. Lean a lot on that character thing. I mean, if everyone else in the league was doing it, how much of an advantage did it really give them? How how much of an advantage did it really give a guy like like Barry Bonds, who was already a multi multiple MVP award winner before you know before he witnessed yeah. what uh what Bonds or uh, what McGuire and Sosa was, were doing? That was the best part of that whole documentary. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I personally, I cannot stand Kurt Schilling, um, but I would vote for him because it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of Good People. And you can't really tell the story of a lot of baseball in the late 90s, early 2000s without including Kurt Schilling. Uh, I can't stand the guy, like I said, but what he did in the 2001 World Series and in the 2004 season for the Red Sox is some of the most hero ball stuff of all time. Yeah. Um, so. I would include him, but 
I would not uh, watch his speech or, you know, do anything else with that. I just uh, I would vote for guys that were famous, like famous and great baseball players, regardless of anything else. I, I would go Schilling, Clemens, Bonds. I would not vote for Omar Vizquel, Scott Rowland. Mm-hmm. I guess I'd, I don't know if I'd vote. For I, might, I might vote for Rowland. Yeah, Rowland was good. I, I would vote, I would definitely vote for Wagner. I would also definitely vote for Gary Sheffield. Me too. hundred um, percent. Manny Ramirez, definitely a Hall of Famer. Jeff Kent, definitely yep. a Hall of Famer. And I would vote for for uh, Sammy Sosa and Andrew Jones. I think Andrew Jones was the most dominant center fielder for for a decade. I mean, yeah, no, I hundred percent would would vote for Andrew Jones. And I I would I would vote for Andy Pettit because I'm a homer I and I love Andy Pettit. But um, <laughs> I, I mean, I think if if you start to look at guys like Mike Messina and Kurt Schilling getting in. These are guys that just had sustained success and came, you know, Kurt Schilling is going to get in more probably on his postseason efforts. But then you have to think about Andy Pettit doing that, too. I mean, how many times had, you know, if you're going to talk about Kurt Schilling hero ball stuff, look at Andy Pettit in 2003. He saves the season like three different times. Um, and, you know, in, in 2009, as an old man, clinches, you know, he wins two World Series games including the clincher and uh you know it would be that one loss in the whole 2009 postseason it's pretty 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 impressive and then obviously everything he did during the dynasty so yeah that's it's fair it would uh i don't think he's gonna have too many years on the ballot i mean he's his career was almost 20 wins short of shilling in terms of war so yeah Oh, Sam Sam Miller makes the case, so I'm I'm all in. <laughs> hey, I would be thrilled if it happened. Yeah, I, I would be too. But he also has the steroid cloud hanging over him, so he's got two things against him. Yeah, steroids and just overall stats, even even without the steroids, it's going to make it tough. Yeah, but I mean, I think something needs to be said for how long he was able to do what he did, and um. And what he did in the postseason as as well, yeah. I would certainly, I would certainly spend a lot of time at his plaque if we if it wound up in Cooperstown. Yeah, no, absolutely. Shillings, I would not even look at. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you know, that's that's the thing. It's like it's the Hall of Fame, not the Hall of you know objective judgment. So yeah, Ty Cobb's in there. Joe DiMaggio's in there. Joe DiMaggio, yeah. by all accounts, was uh, not the nicest guy. Obviously, not obviously on a lower level of of Schilling, much lower. I was going to say, and much lower than Cobb too. Yeah, didn't Cobb like beat the hell out of a guy at a game once? Uh yeah, and probably multiple times. It's interesting because I read his biography by al stump which was pretty damning in terms of a lot of that stuff and then there was another ty cobb book that came out only just a few years ago that conflicted a lot a lot of those reports specifically that biography in general so who knows Uh, i don't know i think uh but i definitely think it's kind of established that he wasn't wasn't the best guy wasn't exactly a gentle person no so yeah I don't know. We'll see. 
yeah, we'll we'll keep track on that as ballots start uh, start coming in. But other than that, anything anything else going on in Yankee universe right now? I mean, I don't think really. We know we saw DJ decline the qualifying offer, which we knew it was was definitely going to happen. Yeah, that, that's a given. We saw, um, you know, uh, pretty much nobody. You know, the nothing really is going on in terms of free agency, which I think is expected. Um, I don't. How are they even doing the GM and owner the the winter meetings this year? Are they doing them on Zoom? Has have they d- decided that yet? I'm not sure. I know that I know they're not doing them in person. That's all. That's all I yeah. saw. Well, and it won't be as fun, but obviously it'd be safer. Yeah. So I don't know. They're saying the vaccine will be ready for for April. So maybe we'll uh, have a May opening day. That would, uh, I'd say, given the way things are right now, if you told me that the season was going to start on May, I'd say that's great. That's great news. Yeah. I almost wondered, like, dude, just start spring training in April. Get these guys the vaccine. Let them start spring training by themselves. Quarantine. Then May 1st, opening day. Do one month of spring training. Get everybody ramped up safely. Yeah, I like that's it. That's just me. I'm fine. You shorten the season by a month. Who cares? April going to April games stink anyway. I always like going to opening day, and then I don't want to go back again until it's warm out. Yeah, I I usually get to like you know once the season starts, I'm, I've usually got the itch, and I go to you know a few games in the first couple weeks, and I go to the first one, and it's super exciting. By the time you go to the second one, the second game I went to this year, I went with uh, our other brother Kyle, and we sat through. You know, a couple hour rain delay, and it was cold rain to watch Jay Happ lose to the Orioles. That was wait, you, that you went to two games in that series. That was the second game you went to. You I think didn't go so. To opening day with us, did you? Oh, maybe not. Maybe 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 it was the first game then. Well, yeah. whatever. Then it only took one game for me to realize how awful April games at the stadium could be. Yeah, yeah. It, there, it's a different it's a different kind of cold feeling when you are going in April versus September and October. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's more worth it. The games are bigger, but you know, either way, it'd be nice to get to get to the ballpark. Hopefully, um, this this spring or or if we have to wait till the summer, whatever. Um, so I just you know, if if the vaccine's going to turn me into the Incredible Hulk or something, I hope it doesn't happen right away, so we can go to a couple of games. That's all. If I, if I can control, if I can control my. Uh my hulk urges like by the time he gets to you know avengers yeah then maybe i'll do it if the vaccine had an unintended side effect on you and turned you into any superhero that gets either like bitten or injected with something which which superhero would you take Mm. i mean i guess you're looking at what like spider-man if you're looking at america bit or injected spider-man captain america uh hulk um I mean, I guess I guess Wolverine would be out because his powers—he's a mutant, but his yeah. like adamantium stuff was technically injected into him. Yeah, but you wouldn't be able to have the things; your hands would just rip apart. Yeah, so I, so he's out. Obviously, any mutant is out because they were born with it. Uh, I would probably. I would probably pick Captain America. Solid. I mean, he literally is just injected with something, and then all of, and then he just becomes super strong with all of his best qualities heightened to a thousand. 
Yeah, I, I, w- I would probably say uh, say him as well. Although I've always liked Spider Man a lot. Yeah, it probably would be pretty cool to to web sling through New York City. Um, I, I yeah, I just kind of feel like if you're if you're Captain America, like you're super strong. Well, I guess you have good reflexes too, but like Spider Man's twitch reflexes have to be so good. He's probably be an amazing baseball player. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. I don't know. Do you think they would check him while he was pitching to see if he had any kind of sticky substance on the ball? Like this could be a contra- controversy. <laughs> well, I mean, the the webs for Spider-Man aren't part of his power. He builds those, so he would have to be wearing it if he was going to be applying anything, any like sticky webbing to the ball. So I feel like it would be pretty easy to point out. Yeah, that's true. Um well, I mean, I guess it depends what Spider-Man, because Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man, he, he just had Yeah, I, I'm talking... not in line with what the comics are. Yeah, I'm talking, like, origin, like, the actual Spider-Man. See, this is why I come to you for these questions, because I, <laughs> I don't know these things. I'm a very, like, casual fan. No, in the OG Spider-Man, he makes those web shooters, like he does in uh, the Andrew Garfields and the uh, Tom Holland movies. Yeah, I only saw the first Andrew Garfield one, but I liked I liked um, the the yeah. top ones a lot. Don't don't see the second Andrew Garfield. It was very bad. Yeah, I was surprised that like I didn't like the first one because I really liked Andrew Garfield in the, the Social Network, but not so much the the Spider Man movies. Yeah, those those weren't good. Tom Holland is great though. Yeah, he just he's like the perfect one. Like I feel like uh, Tobey Maguire was a little too I don't know goofy maybe like tom holland plays it perfect yeah i also thought toby was also just a little too old he just yeah. did, did not did not yeah. sell me as a high school kid yeah so, somebody tweeted though that this this the the second one is one of the more underrated movies i'm not sure if it's oh yeah a thousand percent but i think that the the train scene in the second one is one of the better better superhero movie moments yeah i also think Dr. Octopus is one of the better Marvel villains. Obviously, that movie series wasn't part of like the MCU, but any movie based off Marvel characters, I think Dr. Octopus was one of the better villains, I'd say. They I'd did say, a good job in the video game, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'd say top three would be him, Thanos, and Loki. Yeah, yeah that's a good one. I mean, I would put, uh, if you're only sticking with Marvel, that, that's a pretty good list, but... If we're going to expand out, I would probably put the Joker up there too, of course. But oh, I mean, he'd be at the top with a thousand miles of space between him and second place. <laughs> uh, yeah, Thanos is pretty good. I don't know who else is there. I don't know. I mean, I think the biggest knock on MCU movies is they don't always nail the villains. Um, oh yeah, even in Civil War, it's like, what the heck's going on with this guy? It's a great movie. December sixteenth, nineteen ninety one. So, you know. Anyway. All right. Well, um, what are you uh, looking forward to this week? Uh, Mando. Looking for, forward to a new episode of The Mandalorian. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I've de- this is uh, I've probably it's probably the most excited I've been for a Mandalorian episode so far. I guess did, except since, like, you know, the first episode of the whole show. Did you see who's directing this week's episode? I actually did not. Who is it? Um, I'll, I'll give you a hint. He doesn't want you to throw the towel. 
Oh, Carl Weathers? Yeah, Carl Weathers. That is awesome. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah, even I more think, excited now. Yeah, I think he's back in it because I saw the description. It says Mando reunites with old allies and blah, blah, blah. So if he's directing it, I'm sure he's probably in it. Man, so now we've got potential Ahsoka reveal. We've got Grief Karga back. This is, yeah, that's a good one. Yep, it'll be fun. So what are you looking forward to? Uh, I mean, nothing specific. I'm here here in Jersey for the next couple of weeks. So I guess I'm just excited to hang out and see some uh, see some family. Got Anybody some- who doesn't live in Jersey doesn't understand how good it is. I try to tell that to everybody I talk to in Connecticut who makes a weird face when I say I'm born and raised in New Jersey. I immediately always have to follow it with it's actually way better than you think it is. Yeah, I think it depends what part, though, because, I mean, if you think about I don't want to alienate any of our listeners, but certain parts of New Jersey, it's a lot different than growing up in like the the area surrounding New York City. Yeah. But we stand for New Jersey. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we haven't mentioned anything Yankee related in the last like 10 minutes i think it's time to wrap up so thank you to uh everybody for listening we'll be back well next week's thanksgiving not sure how we're approaching that yet but we will definitely uh definitely we be gotta back. have a production meeting yeah yeah we'll uh but we'll be back soon to talk about whatever yankee news comes through the pipeline if any so continue to uh make your way through this slow moving off season and we'll talk soon see you later everybody